0: Before we get going this week, I failed to mention something on the actual recording of this episode that I think is important for our audience to recognize. When you buy this disc, and it may only be on certain discs, the band downloaded a copy of Audacity, which is a music editing program. And also downloaded all the different tracks. So the drum track, the percussion track, the guitar, vocal, back vocals, um, all on different tracks. They download the whole song for three different songs. This is one of those songs that you can find that file on the disc if you put it into your computer. And it comes up as a DVD in a CD-ROM drive on a computer. So, if you own this disc, put it in, see if you have it, and then you can kind of play around with the speed of it and all those other things that come with the audio. On to the show!
1: Bear Niggas!
0: Welcome to the Bear Naked ABCs, our weekly podcast where we review, debate, and dissertate about every song in the Bear Naked Ladies catalog alphabetically. I'm Tracy, and I'm joined by
2: Aaron, Bobby,
3: Michelle,
0: and tonight's song is another, another song. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's another spin, another song off the 2007 album Bear Naked Ladies Are Men, or as I call it, Blame. This is a Kevin Hurd song. Song, here is a quick snippet of tonight's song. So, Bobby, why don't you tell us what this song is about?
2: What? Well, me?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mixed up the order a little bit tonight.
2: I guess it's about a guy who uh, wonders where she is and spins the globe. Are you there? No? <laughs> okay, maybe you're there when I spin this globe. It's enthusiastic here.
1: analysis like that that keeps people coming back week after week.
2: <laughs> and it's also got
1: pie. <laughs> Pie.
3: And a hand crush. Don't forget the hand crush.
2: Yep. <laughs> and pipe. My, my and... second
1: favorite of the crushes after orange. Oh. no, that's R A M, sorry. I keep confusing <laughs> different bands. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, So Bob, don't you don't you, you don't sound particularly enthusiastic about the lyrics here. No, I mean not really. Am I, am I reading you correctly on that? <laughs> No, I, 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 I'm I, not
2: uh, too enthusiastic about it. You know, it's what it is. Who am I to judge anything? <laughs>
1: wow, Bobby! Are you okay? Need a milkshake? I'm good. I think Bobby needs a Snickers. <laughs> You're not yourself, Bobby. Have a Snickers. <laughs> not a sponsor. Snickers, please contact us. Please call us Snickers. <laughs>
0: Or just any any of the Mars companies. So, Bobby, I take it that you're not a big fan of of the lyrics of this song, then?
2: I mean, you know they they are what they are.
1: <laughs> wow!
0: I think you could say that about just about any song. That was a very Yoda esque type statement. Are what they are. They are. Mm. You, you still there, Bobby?
2: Yeah. No, I guess I just <laughs> I don't. I, this is surreal. I don't have a whole lot to say about this, I guess, so uh, feel free to move along to a different part of the
1: show, I guess. (laughs) Okay. Aaron, tell us a little bit about the music. All right. Uh, Put me on the spot here now. Uh, (laughs) It is approximately 116 BPM. It's in the key of C, which I'm sure is a joy for Kevin to play in. Uh, Being a, a pianist, I would always love to play something in the key of C. Super easy to improvise around, Uh, although he does uh, do some really lovely stuff in the chorus where he steps outside, as we say in jazz, and uh, they go for kind of a key change, and we're using like uh, chords like G sharp, which is, of course, not tonic to C. We start off with a lovely piano intro, and then there's the verse. There's sort of a pre-chorus, the I wonder where you've been, will I see you again, it seems like a pretty short segment to maybe call its own segment, but it, uh, I think there's an important distinction because it transitions away from the core from the verse. Pardon me, but the chorus itself shifts into that key change. So I would call that a C section or a B section rather, with the chorus being a C. So you have verse, pre-chorus, chorus, verse two, pre-chorus, chorus, and the chorus just sort of repeats on in the outro, Um and then we bookend with another lovely piano bit for the outro, creating a nice little symmetry. It's sort of an A B C A B C C C. Piano outro kind of song. <laughs> Very simple <laughs> structure, but quite nice. Uh, I really love the keyboards and the vocal harmonies. I think those are the standout bits in this piece. Um, I hear little bits of the Beatles, They Might Be Giants, and maybe just a little talking heads in there. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe influences the, of Kevin. I'm not sure. I would love to talk to him someday and say, What are your influences? I, I'm definitely hearing some They Might Be Giants, and I, I can't think that's a coincidence. Uh, They Might Be Giants, both in instrumentation and construction, although this is a little more slickly produced than their typical fare. And I think you can kind of hear the progression of the band musically in this tune, whether you like it or not. Um, Definitely progression towards more slickly produced, more more sonically uh, kind of uh, polished. Um, I Give the Globe Another Spin most certainly reminds me of They Might Be Giants. It makes me think of the song uh, Anna Ang which is uh, about someone who places a gun up to a globe, shoots a bullet where he is, and sees the exit wound of the globe and wonders where maybe their soulmate is in that part, in like South Korea or wherever it was. uh, That sounds
0: like a much more interesting song.
1: Yeah, it is a great song, actually. (laughs) Not to uh, promote somebody else's music during the VNL podcast, but check out Anna uh, Aang, A-N-A space N-G, by They Might Be Giants. Fantastic song. Uh, I like this song. I don't like it as much as Anna Ang, but I do like this song. I thought it was uh, a certainly uh, a very very. Uh, I think the word we settled on previously was listenable. Very listenable tune. There's nothing about this tune that offends me, as perhaps it does Bobby. <laughs> 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 I certainly certainly a detect. Uh, I don't. I don't want to speak for the man, but uh maybe something of contempt in his voice, or maybe he's just tired. I certainly feel. Uh, Nothing negative towards this song. It's certainly not one of my favorites that I've heard thus far, but it's a solid song. And it's, uh, I, again, especially, uh, really, really adore uh, Kevin's uh, uh, keyboards and the vocal harmonies are quite lovely. So uh, certainly for those alone, I think it's worth a listen. Um, probably won't end up in your in your constant rotation, but uh, I liked it. Michelle?
3: I agree about the um, the chorus. I feel like that's where the song kind of comes to life with the when the harmonies kick in. Mm. Um, up until then, I don't I I like Kevin's Kevin has his own sound.
1: Yes, very for much. For
3: sure. So. And it's almost like he's I mean he's singing, but it's almost like he's speaking. Like there's no affectation whatsoever in his singing. Um, and he's telling a story. I don't know how I feel about like it almost I don't want to say their rhymes feel forced, but it's sort of or contrived. I don't know. I mean, the the last
0: one was definitely forced.
3: The the reading the lyrics is kind of interesting. You know, like I don't I brought you a card. I don't know where to send it. I wrote it from the heart. I Mm -hmm. don't I'm not sure how to end it. Like that's kind of poignant. If you're if you're in that spot and you've been in that place where you're kind of pining for somebody who's not in the picture and you have no idea where they are. I'll put it this way. This song is for a very specific niche. Mm -hmm. It's for a very specific crowd of people who have had this specific experience. That's a
1: good, very good take on that, Michelle. You know, I didn't even really, I feel like if I listened to this song immediately after watching Lost in Translation, I would love it. (laughs) I'd really like it a lot more. It's definitely that kind of misconnection bad timing met your soulmate but at the wrong point in your life or maybe you know you let it slip by and you wonder where they are i think not everyone maybe has had a really powerful experience like that but i think everyone's at least wondered or had some kind of experience like this so i can tap into that i think i I, can relate
3: i feel like and i don't mean anything against kevin because i think he's great his keyboards are amazing it's almost like the the purity or the simplicity of his vocal style almost Mm. downplays the lyrics like and not to compare but it's not (laughs) like i want to hear steven (laughs) sing this but if steven was singing this it would be a it would have a whole Mm -hmm. nother layer of meaning to it whereas kevin is very pure and straightforward um and you know and that's great and i love it but i do think with kevin's songs it comes to life in the chorus when the uh, the vocal harmonies are luscious and they come in and mm-hmm. fill out the song. With Stephen, his songs, the amazing happens in the bridge when he has his yeah, reveal. And that's that's the difference. So I, I like this song. It was okay.
1: I, I, I take your point about the, the vocals, Michelle. And I, I agree because I think that some of my favorite vocalists are not considered to be traditionally great vocalists. You know, like uh, Kurt Cobain... Uh, Bob Dylan, these are not people who you think of as uh, you know great, outstanding vocalists, but they're great singers. Because yeah. they. when you hear someone's voice crack with emotion, to me, that's way more powerful than nailing the note uh, perfectly for pitch. You know what I mean? And that's why I think that autotune and things like that and overproduction takes something away, takes something of the human element away from music. So uh right. kevin I, I agree he has this really uh pure sweet simple tone and you know it's it's very it's very nice it's pleasant there's certainly nothing uh offensive about it but uh i i love to hear that i mean elliot smith is one of my favorite singers of all time and the guy could go flat and he could do whatever, but it always felt like it was because he was really processing the lyrics and it was affecting him, and it kind of put you in his headspace and his heart space a little. And I think I, in a song like this, that might actually have upped this a little bit, You know, a little bit more of a personal connection to to the lyrics. And I don't want to fault Kevin, because I, I think you did a great job singing it, and especially with those lovely vocal harmonies in the chorus. But uh, that's a very interesting point. I'm not sure how I would have uh, felt about this song if it were slightly different or had a different vocalist or... Or what?
3: Or like if Leonard Cohen sang this? Oh God, yes. <laughs> you know.
1: Speaking of, being of a great, or, yeah. Or Nick Cave. Yeah. Nick
3: Cave. So, you know, I was literally
1: just about to say Nick Cave. Leonard Cohen and Nick Cave because I'm a I'm a baritone, or some of my favorite singers because I so very uh, rarely, and Johnny Cash so very rarely get to sing lead <laughs> as a baritone. It's always the tenors that get the glory. Oh, Nick okay.
3: Nick Cave would I would love to hear Nick Cave do a version of this actually. <laughs> That would be kind of amazing.
1: Or uh, Tom Waits.
3: (laughs) Tom Waits, there we go. Give the globe another spin.
1: That'd be interesting.
3: Tom Waits, if you're listening, call us.
1: Tom Waits, if you're listening, I'm just going (laughs) to kill myself for doing a terrible impression of you. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) One of my favorite musicians ever.
3: Tracy, what did you think? Oh... I love Kevin. We all love Kevin. We, But this is not one of those
0: songs that I love by him. I don't feel connected to this song. Yep. And so I think the music is okay. Versus the song that we saw, that we listened to a couple of weeks ago, Another Heartbreak, I felt like that one had a lot more power to it. This one kind of lent more to his, his easygoing... Laid-back voice, which is great and melodic and very relaxing. I mean, if I had to listen to a person do a meditation, I would listen to him in a moment. He has that nice, yes. relaxing type of yeah. voice that I could just listen to. Uh, matter of fact, I'd love it. He just sang like a, a meditation. That would be great. However, because it's so melodic and relaxing, I look for the lyrics to be more engaging and more energized, and I don't get that with a lot of Kevin's songs. There have been some of Kevin's songs that I've liked so far. All in Good Time, I liked.
3: Yeah, that was nice.
0: And that was a much more engaging song, I felt, in a lot of ways, whereas this song, I don't feel that that engaging, powerful story there is a story in there and and unlike the song that we listened to two weeks ago another heartbreak where i didn't feel like there was any story i I couldn't hear any any through line this song i could hear a through line i could hear the story but there wasn't enough enough meat to it to really get me to connect into it i just didn't connect to the song and and once again with this song i didn't feel anything with this song and i listened to bnl because i want to feel um, I want them to entrance me. I want them to evoke emotion from me when I'm listening to a song. Whether it's humor and I'm laughing, whether it's or sadness or all of the above, all at the same time. I want the song to evoke emotion and this one didn't touch me in that way. I couldn't just turn it on and i zone out like I could with another heartbreak. While I put another heartbreak on my iPod since the last time that we listened to it, for exactly that reason. I could just turn it on and kind of zone out to it this one I will not be adding to my iPod. So I do want to go back real quick since no one seems to have any extra information. (laughs) We're kind of running running low on time this week to make up for last week's time, I think. I do Mm. want to share that, once again, on the tour... Just prior to this album being released, the Bare Naked Holidays tour, I can't remember the name of the tour now for some reason. It's out of my head. But on that tour where where they were celebrating the holidays, they went through and on each step of the tour, they had sung one of the songs off this album for the first time ever. And this one was sung for the first time ever. In Verona, New York, on November 29th, 2005, they did it at Turning Stone Resort and Casino. Hmm. Now, before we get to ratings, I do want to put out there a uh, thought for everyone. As I mentioned in another episode, Ed Robertson listed this double album as his second least favorite album that they ever created. (laughs) Wow. And he likes the album. He thinks it's good but he wishes that they had picked the best of the two good albums and gone with one great album. So, with that in mind, I am now preparing our cast, as well as the listeners, that when we reach the final song on this album, I plan on asking each and every one of you, including myself, which 13 songs or 14 songs that you would take off the two albums and make this into one great album.
1: <clears throat> Super album, So, yeah.
0: keeping that in Ooh. mind tonight with the songs. Fix it in editing. This
3: one is not making the cut.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, Wow,
0: right damn. off the bat.
3: <laughs> well... some
1: Z-Snaps, girl.
3: I may revisit that when we get through all of them.
0: <laughs> it depends on how many other bad ones are on the album.
3: That's right. This, this one wasn't... This wasn't bad. It was fine.
1: I wouldn't call this a bad it song. It just... I don't think this is a bad song.
3: It is what it is. And that's like Bobby said, it is what it is.
0: Well, and we'll come back to it. But once again, I don't think like automatically after listening to this song, I listened to it twice this week and I Meh. could not pick it up for a third time.
3: Yeah.
0: And like that says to me, like that would not go on my album. Like maybe I would put it as a B side, but most likely not even not a B side. Michelle. Right. Yes. I'll let you I'll hand it over to you.
3: Great. So we'll get to the ratings. We are going to, you know, since this was all about travel and the world and another spin of the globe, we're going to give it, uh, we're going to rate it by globe. So how many globes would, do we give this song? And I actually gave it a three, you know, it's fine. I don't, I don't despise it like another postcard. That one just, I cannot (laughs) abide by that song, but (laughs) sorry, but this one's fine. You know, it's, it's fine. And the harmonies are beautiful in the in the chorus. And, and that's what really stood out to me. So I'm giving it three globes. Aaron, how about you?
1: 3.25 globes for me. It is not a standout track. But if I really am being fair, I gave 3.2 uh, broken hearts yeah. to another heartbreak. And uh, honestly, that song kind of sounds like a coffee commercial. <laughs> so I, I like this one a little better. I'm giving it a go. 3.25.
3: Tracy?
0: So, I'm going to be the hater again this week. Yeah. Um, Michelle, can you read back to me what I gave Another Heartbreak?
3: You gave Another Heartbreak 2.75 Broken Hearts.
0: I like this song less than Another Heartbreak.
1: Ooh. Ooh.
0: I have to give this song 2.5 2. for that 20 reason 5. alone.
3: Excellent. Okay. Bobby? Bobby? How many globes? I
2: <laughs> no, I was actually going to give it a two point five as well. Yes,
3: I'm not the only hater. <laughs> and is that the score you're going to stick with, Bobby? Yes. It almost sounded like you were going to change your mind. That's why I asked.
1: Oh yeah, I thought you were you're pulling a Shyamalan twist on us. Okay, guys, I
3: am loving it. Five globes. <laughs> <laughs> so the total globes for this song is 11.25 it is not our bottom song but it is our just yes above just post-card. above another postcard so it's our third from the bottom
0: <laughs>
3: wow yeah appearances take me to a place where me music-
0: I will apologize to everyone right now for shitting the bed.
1: Uh, You should apologize to whoever has to clean your bed.
0: (laughs) Sorry to my wife who now needs to clean my bed because (laughs) I shitting the bed. So I did get an appearance, but I do not have a website link for it. Um, I searched high and low and was not able to find it. I was not able to download the songs, so I've not been able to hear them. So if, when we get to it in a moment here, you, any of you out there in listener land do have copies of these songs, I would love for you to send them to us at barenakedabcs at gmail.com. Uh, that would be wonderful. Or if you need to know where to send a, a physical tape of, or physical tape. Wow. I just showed my age. A physical copy of this. Send
3: us your forty-fives. <laughs> or you reel to reels. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> so Kevin can be heard on the Rio Statics album, their live album, Calling Out the Chords, Volume One. So there was a time, about the same time that Stunt was coming out, that Kevin was with the was playing with the Rio Statics as well as with B and L. Oh. And when he can be heard on the album, calling out the chords volume one, because they did a live album at that time, he can be heard on the songs, I am drumstein "Boxcar song and Kevin's waltz and wiener and beans. It was only released in a digital format though. So once again, if you have a copy, please send it. There are no actual physical copies of this album that was put out there. It's a collection of live material recorded by South, uh, in 2004 at the legendary Horseshoe Tavern, which we'll get to in the future once again with BNL. It's a very legendary tavern for them in Toronto, Ontario, during their Rio's fall national concert series. The Rio Statics are essential to BNL once again for a number of reasons that we will get to in the future, when we discuss the history, but at present, let's talk about the later past. We'll talk about how BNL actually appeared on the Rheostatics' second album in the future. But the Rheostatics are famous because they're a longtime band. They actually started, they were formed in 1978. And the band's early sound was more of an R&B and funk orientated type sound. That kind of changed to a more famous kind of music that they did later on. Early on, they had a large horn section known as the Trans-Canadian Soul Patrol. One of its later members was michael Philip wojiwuda which you may remember from two weeks ago as producing the a number of albums for bnl the band broke up twice once they broke up in the late 80s and then reformed again in the 90s to release their first ever studio album in 1991 and then they broke up again in 2007 they've had several reunion tours and our reunion shows and in 2016 they did a reforming show in December. So not sure because Kevin actually played on or most of these reforming and reunion shows. So it's hard to tell whether or not he's going to, as they reform, join in with them. So he's he's done a lot of the new shows and been on a lot of their albums and actually wrote some of the songs for their albums, one of which is called Chemical Valley. So it will be interesting to see whether he joins them again as they reform. But unfortunately, once again, I don't have any actual connections to drive people to. So I would recommend people just go back and listen to the Rio statics and we'll get into, into the, into whale song later on in a future episode. Personally, I didn't like this song. Now, If I had a vinyl record of it, I would not give it another spin.
1: (laughs) I see what you did there.
0: But some people do like it. So to them I say, As You Like It. Our next recording, we'll be reviewing the entire album of As You Like It. And I'll explain more about why next time that we're actually, why we're taking it and we're reviewing the whole entire album, which is unusual for us. But because we're recording the whole and reviewing the whole entire album, We will be taking an extra week to delve deeply into this album. In the meantime, if you could all listen to it ahead of time, that'd be great. I'm going to post up a website where everyone can listen to that so that you have time to review it if you like. Uh, it It is like a half hour long. And you can look for it on YouTube. Because it's a highly rare album, if you have a copy earn one to, and send it to us. That would be amazing and excellent. I think they only released about a thousand copies that they gave out to the audiences live when they came to the shows. So it is extremely hard to find. Um, I have not been able to find a copy yet. So we will talk to everyone in two weeks and when we review, as
3: you like it. Yay. All righty. Sounds good. Sounds great. Have a good week. Bye, everyone.
1: Yeah, thanks, everybody. Bye. See you next time.
0: So there's an odd outtake tonight that happened during the recording of today's show. Uh, As you'll hear, three of us heard this really odd noise, which doesn't show up on any of the recordings somehow. We have no idea what happened or how it happened, but... Somehow there was a noise engaged. that was, wow, what was extremely that? odd, Bobby, are you okay? <laughs> and we all reacted to it, except for Bobby, Bobby? who didn't hear the noise either. <laughs> so, are you okay? It's are you not okay? on any of the recordings. What? So. I
2: don't know what you're talking
0: about. <laughs> oh, well, it sounded like... Some... <laughs> Maybe it wasn't you. It, it sounded like some kind of being noise. attacked
1: by the snow creature from Empire Strikes Back.
0: I figured it was like some kind of alien Coming down from space and snatching
1: him <laughs> the, Wampa. <laughs> the Wampa The Wampa
0: The Wampa has gotten space mm. technology Has zoomed in and stolen Bobby
1: Bobby, are you okay?
0: I don't know what you guys are talking
3: about <laughs> We heard a weird noise and thought it was you But clearly it wasn't
1: it's not It's It wasn't coming from my end So yeah, weird
3: It'll be inter- The call was coming from inside mm. the house. <laughs> It'll be interesting to show up and see
0: if it shows yeah. up on the uh, recording. Tracy will know. <laughs>
1: He'll be able to find the culprit.
0: It'll be some kind of weird EMP. <laughs> but we actually heard it. So anyways, as I was saying beforehand, unlike another heartbreak.
4: It's NFL draft season. And that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football